What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Today, I got my guy, Ster- analyst, y'all know, Sterling. Sterling, say what's up to the people. Yo, what's good? So we're on to discuss these championship games, NFC and AFC championship games. Uh, so without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in, welcome to my baby. All right, Sterling, well, I guess we should start with the NFC Championship game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Green Bay Packers the final score of 31-26. Early in the game, the Bucs were up 28-10. to 10. Did you think the game was over with? No, I didn't because I knew as long as Aaron Rodgers was playing in a Green Bay Packers uniform, they was always in the game until the, until the bitter end. <laughs> so I figured yeah. they was going to go on a, on a run of some sort at some point in time. It just hadn't happened yet. I think a lot of people pretty much predicted that that Green Bay was going to get the win. So I think a lot of people were kind of taking it back there. But then we saw Tom Brady throw those three, had the three interceptions, two of which to Jair Alexander. Were you big on Jair Alexander out the draft coming out of Louisville? Um, No, not really. I wasn't. But, I mean, he's developed to a really great player. He's one of the uh, cornerstones on that defense. So um, he helps, you know, make the D coordinator's job a little easier, um, just having him on the field and knowing you can leave some stuff along with him. But he's he's had a, he's had a good career up to now. Um, I think he'll probably keep improving too, and probably get a big contract along the way. So from somebody, if it's not Green Bay, it'll be from somebody. So, what do you think overall caused Green Bay to lose this game? Um, it's uh just bad situational football. Um, you give up a touchdown right before halftime. Um, when you know they only can go deep. Um, you you come out pretty you know slow in the beginning too. Um. The early turnover helped create a big hole, which is always hard to come back in the big hole in a championship game um, with that type of setting. And then at the end of the game, you know, just kind of, um, you know, figuring out what you're going to do. If you got Aaron Rodgers and it's fourth and goal and you're down by eight um, and your defense, even though, even though they played well enough to win the game, you still don't take the football out of, you know, Aaron Rodgers' hands in that situation. I think that's just kind of what we got him in the end. Yeah, Twitter's been blowing up about it. I couldn't understand why, like, you literally have what they call the most talented quarterback in the NFL, especially of the old heads. What do you think was going through the uh, head coach's mind and why he wouldn't go ahead and go for it? I guess because the defense had gotten two turnovers, um, or was it three or two in the second half? However, however many it was in the second half already, I think he was thinking they can get one more stop. But you never really want to take the football out of your best player's hands like that, especially on the situation where you know – if we do get this and even if we don't get the two-point conversion, I got a better shot of coming back down and, and hitting a field goal to win the game than to have to go back down the field and score a touchdown to win it. Um, I just didn't think it made – you know. I, I mean, I get the call, I guess, you know, from his, perspective, from his perspective of how the defense was playing up to that point in the half, but it's still a tough – it's still a dicey thing when you take the, the football out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. So I wouldn't have done it. I would have went for it. And you heard Aaron Rodgers after the game in his post-game press conference saying things like 
that really wasn't his decision. And you know you hate it for him. Like I said, a lot of people feel like they probably put a lot of money on the Packers, expecting them to be able to get this win. What do you think that is for Tom Brady to go to a new organization? Now, granted, there's a bunch of talent all over that offensive roster, uh, like all literally all over. I think, as a matter of fact, Chris Godwin was the high man with the receiving yards. He had five receptions for 110 yards, averaging 22 yards of catch. But what do you think that means for the Buccaneers to be able to go and return to Super Bowl for the first time in a long time? Um, I think it means a lot for them, especially since they're hosting it. Um, and, and I guess for just just the NFC in general, I guess it kind of puts them on notice that, you know, the Bucs may be here for another year um, just because Brady still seems to be playing at a – he still seems to be able enough to play at a high level when he needs to. Um, but we also saw that Brady still has those moments, you know, in the second half where it's like – well, exactly. How much can you do with this guy? So um, I, th- I think it would be kind of, you know, fun to watch the Bucks the next couple of years and just depend on how long Brady's contract goes. But I mean, it's it's crazy to see the Bucks in Super Bowl after one year. Um, but we all knew their, their roster was talented. Um, they had a great staff. Um, Todd Bowles, you know, is calling really, really great games. He's decorded for the Bucks. He's calling really great games, um, help complement that offense. And Brady has a lot of weapons around him and the O-line's playing well. So um it's, it's pretty good, and they're hosting Super Bowl, so it's basically a home game. <laughs> so that should be interesting. I'm telling you, hey, so Gronk kind of came back for the right year to go to the Super Bowl. He'll be there with Tom Brady <laughs> just to list some of the weapons. Before the Ronald Jones the second, the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans. I guess we're going to have to see if Antonio Brown will return or not. Because I, I said it on Sportscasters. I saw his injury, and I think they ruled him out yeah. either Friday or, Friday or Saturday. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday when they ruled him out. So it'll be interesting if he does come back um, to, to support that office. But I hope people don't make this into, like, you know, one of those crazy situations where they're like, oh, well, Brady went to another team and Belichick this. I'm like, okay, they both won hand-in-hand six Super Bowls. They're still the greatest at the, what they do. Um, I do think Brady kind of went to the situation that was kind of made for him yeah. and the roster that was made for him where Belichick, you know, he's still building the team. So he has a lot more on his plate. So let's not put no Belichick slander out there. <laughs> he's doing a whole lot more to make sure the team stays afloat than what Brady got to do. But Brady does deserve his credit. Um, he he led that team, uh, gave it a new identity this year, and um, he's he's accomplished the NFC Championship already. So, should be fun to watch. I think I was looking at this. Oh, yep, and this will be his heading to his tenth Super Bowl. So, absolutely amazing for him. But now, since we mm-hmm. discussed the NFC, we got to go to the AFC where the Kansas City Chiefs did in fact take on the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs got the win with the final score of 38-24. Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes thing. I thought it was great though for McCole Hardman to start off the game with that punt return that he fumbled and almost was like that gave the team ball in the one yard line. And be able to like to turn around so quickly with the long run you saw he had and a couple other things. What'd you think about performance from him or like that turnaround? Um, I think it was huge. And I think we all knew the Bills were in trouble when they went up so early. Yeah. <laughs> Just like my dog on Texas last year. Hey, hey, it was like, you know, the Bills go up 9-0. The Chiefs has got them exactly where they want them. <laughs> time, to, time to walk them down. It, it was like you look up and it was 9-0. And then midway, not even midway through the second quarter, it's 14-9. This is like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like the Chiefs just, it's like boom, boom, boom. And they just keep coming in waves. Um and I think it was good for Harbin to, to reestablish the confidence. Um, but Chiefs' uh, special teams really was a little concerning, I guess, in this game, you could say. Because um, later on in the game, they did muff an onside kick, which uh, if the Bills played the cards right, could have been very influential. But um, I think the story of this game isn't even the Chiefs' offense. Of course, the offense is going to do what they do. But the Chiefs' defense only gave up, realistically, nine points this whole ball game. Yes, they gave up the last couple touchdowns, but it, 
No, actually, no. I think they only gave up one touchdown. Yeah, so the Chiefs' uh, defense realistically only gave up, what, 12 points this game? I mean, yeah. that's absurd. And and the Bills had, I think, four or five possessions within the red zone, and they just couldn't get in, um, couldn't get into the end zone. And that was the difference. Um, Chiefs' defense kept them out of the end zone, and the Bills' defense couldn't do that for uh, to the opposing team. And more points were scored, and opportunities were lost. So. I feel like before the third quarter, Stephon Diggs had relatively been shut out. I mean, he had a lot of attempts, but mm-hmm. not too many. Yeah, so they put the locks on him. Rashad Fitton had the interception, the University of South Carolina graduate. <laughs> so he's played a big deal in the past two years, like I guess in the playoffs period, but yeah. do want to acknowledge. So in the first quarter, like you said, Buffalo went up 9-0. Kansas City put up 21 in the second quarter, 10 in the third quarter. So between those two quarters, in the second and third quarter, they were 31 to 6 as far as a scoring ratio. And you yeah. and then the thing about them is too is when they get on that roll, they're so hard yeah. to stop. But yeah. you got to acknowledge that Patrick Mahomes did what he did, 29 for 38, 325 yards, three touchdowns on the receiving end. Tyreek Hill, who dropped a couple passes early, but he came back around, had nine receptions for 172 yards. So he's Man. worth every bit of dollars they're paying him, as well as Travis Kels uh, went 13 for uh, 118 yards and two touchdowns. How big of a advantage to have a tight end like Travis Kels line up against any teams whether it's a linebacker safety or whatever have you it's huge because he runs routes about as good as any receiver in the league um for as big as he is but he's so um but but you get him in a situation where he almost always has a mismatch if he's going against a linebacker he's going to be faster than him quicker than him he's going against a cornerback or nickelback he's going to be bigger than him and uh, more physical than him and he's just such a tough matchup problem you have you always have to find him and at the same time, try to locate wherever Tyreek Hill is. And you kind of like pick your poison. Are you going to let Kelsey eat you alive, you know, within zones and, and or man-to-man coverage? You're going to let Hill eat you alive and, and, you know, basically score every time he touches the ball. So it's, it's a really tough thing when you have a dude like Travis Kelsey on your team, which nobody else has. <laughs> um, you know, the, the second equivalent to him, you know, not even equivalent, but the second level or just a little bit below might be Kittle and um, Waller. In terms, okay. of, in terms of just matchup nightmares at tight end, but uh, Kelsey's huge for that Chiefs offense. He's the biggest mismatch. He's probably he's probably you know more of an X factor than people give him credit for. Even though, of course, we know he's the best tight end in the league, but there's so much spotlight on Hill and Mahomes and um, even you know whoever the running back is for the day because seems like the Chiefs can just pick a running back up and they'd be phenomenal. <laughs> so they just roll with him. I agree. Yeah, and just and just, roll, and just roll with him. Um, but yeah, Kelsey is such a big, he's such a big piece of that Chiefs offense and why it's, it's so hard to guard him. Um, everything, every, everywhere he is, is a mismatch. Um, it, it seems like, so. And one thing I keep thinking about is, man, so I think Kansas City Chiefs have built this dynasty, but everybody's going to have to, in, through the AFC, is going to have to go through them moving forward. So it's like, no matter how good of a team you are, if Deshaun leaves and goes wherever, because like, I'm hearing that he would prefer to go to Miami, stays in Houston, whatever, the Bills keep getting better. You're going to have to go through Kansas City every year. And at least, although there were a lot of fans there, at least they'd have like a full house of fans like they usually yeah. do. And sometimes, you know, you might encounter snow or whatever. But uh, so with that being said, with the Chiefs once again getting that win in that game, you have a Super Bowl where you're going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady, kind of like the old GOAT versus the up-and-coming Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. What are your way-too-early expectations for this game? Uh, I expect this to be um, – I think it's going to be low-scoring again. I think we're going to have a – I ain't going to say low-scoring um, in terms of like 14-7 or 14-10, but – Low scoring for the Chiefs to me is like 27 or 30 points. <laughs> 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 crazy to think about. That's low score for me for the Chiefs. 
Um, I believe the Bucks will get pressure up front just with their D-line and try to generate um, – some confusion for Mahomes in the back end because Ty Bowles is an exceptional coordinator. I think we'll have a, a great game plan um, ready for him. And on and um, vice versa for the Chiefs against, you know, Spagnoli against Arian slash Leftwich slash Brady, whoever the OC is. Um, it's Leftwich, but, you know, whoever's whoever's behind the offense. Right. Um, I know it's going to be what he is. going to be super aggressive. Uh, Chris Jones, Frank Clark will make an appearance at some point in time in that game. We don't know when. Usually near the end, they'll make an appearance. Um <laughs> To try to seal the game out, um, we can expect Dan Sorensen to make a play here and there to save the game. Uh, Honey Badger is going to be Honey Badger. So I think it'll be a great uh, chess match between the two D coordinators, and then we'll see on offense who becomes the 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 breaker of um, the breaker of the game. Like whether that's Kelsey, uh, whether that's Gronkowski, Evans, whoever is going to be, we'll see. Um, how, how it matches up. I think it'll be, it'll be similar to their earlier matchup when the game was only 27-24 um, early in the regular season, whereas that's technically a low-scoring game for those two teams when you think about their offenses. So um, it should be interesting. I think it'll be around that range, maybe 28-24, uh, 25-22, whatever that would be, somewhere in that range. But I think a def- I think the Chiefs defense will, in the end, make the, uh, make the last stop. I think they'll get to Brady because Chris Jones and that interior pressure um, getting into those throwing lanes is going to throw off Brady more um, than what Kenny Clark did. Because I, I think I mentioned on Sports House, I was like, Kenny Clark's going to have to be the X Factor with that interior pressure on Brady to get some pressure on him. Um, Chris Jones is better than him. Not by a lot, but he is better than him. He did get paid that money. And Frank Clark, I think, is better than the two edge rushers that Green Bay has. So I think I'll give him the edge for that. And just the fact that uh, the Chiefs defense plays so aggressively, they know – what the clock would be when they send that pressure is. And, and that's why you see them play up on the Bills, the uh, wide receivers like they play today. They can they can play as aggressively because they know the clock for when the ball's going to be released just off of how they send their pressure. So um, I think the Chiefs will make the last, will have the last laugh and uh, and get another Super Bowl and go back to back. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking as well. I think Patrick, like I said, Patrick Holmes got his money and go get him another Super Bowl. And like I said, it's a dynasty. I don't even see any time soon. I guess the only problem they could run into is maybe financial issues to either have to trade some well, guy. Mahomes, well, Mahomes tried to basically fix that up with the contract he took. You know, at first it was like, oh, my God, half a billion dollars. But then we look at the contract, is it left money on the table to keep Chris Jones, to keep – um to to probably re, re-sign Tyreek Hill to the contract he wants. You know, so – is it more and money on the back end? Is that how the contract goes, or how is it's, it's kind of incentive based? But I think it is more money on the back end. But by then, I mean the goals to have probably three to four Super Bowls. Um, yeah. You at least lock in your guys. Like you're going to lock in Kelsey. You can you can lock in Hill. You can and you know they'll the Chiefs they draft well um, in terms of finding guys later in the draft that can work for their defense. And as long as they got their their nose guard, they got Frank Clark locked in. They have Honey Badger locked in. Um, they'll plug and play at linebacker and cornerback because of how they play defense is simple for them. It was, it's easier for them. I mean, I'm just looking at who they, they found Legereus Need. I mean, where we're at from, and he's been playing really great at cornerback. Um, so I think they'll, you know, it's a dynasty, not yet because they still got to win. The, they've still got to win the Super Bowl. But if that starts, then we can start getting to the oh, just a dynasty, um, or or the, or the start of one. So. That'll be interesting to see. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that Super Bowl. It's not this week coming. It's the next one. Are they having a Pro Bowl this year or? Nah, I think they're going to have the Pro Bowl like on Madden. Like they want to just have them play the game or something like that. Okay. But the Super Bowl is is uh, two weeks, February 7th. They got a, they got weeks for us. So, um, yeah. 
like we said, Tampa Bay will be at home. So we're going to move off that here real quickly. Just want to mention this. See, have you been out there to see the Asia Wilson statue outside of Colonial Life Arena? Yeah, yeah, I've been out there. Yeah, I went out there the other day. Super nice, dude. That that's major for her. It, it's really major oh, yeah. because uh, what is I'm reading the stats right here. First national player of the year in women's basketball after wait, wait I don't know exactly what that says, but really major for her to be able to get that award. <laughs> first she might have been the first USC women's national player of the year. Yeah, in basketball, she 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 just might be, I, I believe. Yeah, so that's major for her. Just want to give her a major shout out for that one. Hopefully, the yeah. women's basketball team continues to dominate. They they're still doing pretty well thus far. Oh yeah, they. I think uh, since they lost to NC State, they've been on a tear. Um, they had a close one at LSU today, but I think um, other than that, they beat a, you know they beat their they beat a ranked Kentucky team on the road after not practicing for three days with COVID. Um, with the COVID situation, flew to Kentucky, beat a really good Kentucky team with Ryan Howard, who's a phenomenal player. Um, came back, took care of business against Arkansas, um, beat Georgia. You know, two teams that are ranked that were ranked really good. Uh, Aaliyah Boston's been the best player in the nation when she wants to be. Well, well, second to Ryan, I think she's most dominant. I think Ryan Howard might be the best women's player in the nation, but Aaliyah Boston, when she's on, is probably the most dominant player on both ends of the floor. Uh, how she affects uh, the teams, on, uh, the team on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So. Uh, just, I think she had a triple double the Georgia game via blocks. So, <laughs> I mean, so, so yeah, the, the women's team is rolling along. Um, there's a lot of talk of them. I think getting possibly the number one overall seed for the upcoming for for the tournament. It's a big tournament, so um, a lot of people think they deserve the number one overall seed. I believe they have the most ranked wins in the nation. Um, and then I think they got a big one coming up in February. I think they travel to UConn uh, for another showdown up there. Um, which I actually expect them to win that game. So if they do that, then I think you can see them as a number one overall seed and, and possibly on their way to another national championship, at least final four appearance, at least final four appearance. So no claim that one they should have gotten last year. Yeah. They got a bit, they got two banners up there though, you know, now. So uh, for finishing the season unanimous number one um, in the, in the uh, country. And then they recruit really well too. So it just keeps yeah. on coming. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it, it's, it's starting to roll. The ball was rolling. Now it's now it's just I don't even know what the ball is doing now. It might be on fire at this point with with, with the women's program. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now they just got to get that same ball rolling in Williams Bryce. But that is all we have for you all <laughs> today on this week's episode of Matt Sports House. Thanks, Sterling, for coming on. Next week we have my guy Cam. Care got his last name. He's a strength and conditioning expert. He works at Apex Performance. We're gonna bring him on and chop it up a little bit about uh, how guys preparing for the NFL NFL Combine and stuff coming off of you know just playing finish their college football career. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thought the money make you happy, it don't make you different. I start to see that shit myself when I got a couple million. Roll through the mud, I can't lie, seen too much. Real steppers outside, they're squeezing bust. I told my brother, had some patience and your day'll come. Now he's sitting in the county jail and he ain't got no bun. You can't walk inside my shoes like a sneaker punk. I overcome obstacles and they still come. I was trying to make a way out.